So just a, a reminder, if you're listening online, um, please watch the Alpha video first. You can find the link in the Life Group notes. <coughs> and um, you know, the video started with, with the question, what is our greatest human need? A nice light question to start with. Um, personally, I like the guy that said food, even though <laughs> his partner said affection, he stuck to his guns. Um, I can imagine your answer, Steve, but let's just find out. Well, what would you say is the greatest human need? It's got to be rugby, isn't it? It really has. You know, it's, uh, I was uh, quite intrigued with uh, Nicky, actually, when he spoke of uh, a synonym for the Holy Spirit as being love. That was interesting because uh, I think that many Christians might have answered um, peace or power or spiritual gifts, but love, and yeah, I thought, I thought it was a very good answer. Yeah, I think I'd agree. And, um, you know, in, one of, in, in First John, one of John, the Apostle John's letters, he, he actually writes that God is love, and then that he goes on to say that we are given uh, the Spirit as evidence that God is in us, that God's love is in us. So I mm. think... That's probably a great explanation. Um, Nikki went on to say that everyone who is a Christian has the Holy Spirit, but not everyone is filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a confusing statement. What do you make of that? Yeah. I think that whenever we speak about God, um, we're always going to struggle with language. Uh, because human language, I believe, is inadequate. Uh, you know, when we talk about God, you know, all we have is the language which we struggle to express ourselves, we don't have enough vocabulary. Uh, but I would say that despite the constraints of human language, it's all that we have. And when, therefore, the, the Bible speaks about being full of the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to take some care here because filled is only really a figure of speech. It's, it's a metaphor to help us understand a concept you know, I think it would be wrong for us to think of um, the Holy Spirit as some kind of substance that we can sort of top up in our lives, uh, much in the way that we would go to as the petrol station and top up, you know, our, our petrol tank. And I think that that's uh, probably quite a, a wrong concept. I, I, I sometimes have heard some Christians saying, well, I need to be filled with the Spirit because the problem is I leak. <laughs> and I'm... I sort of know where they're coming from. I'm not always sure if that's the best way to, uh, to, to speak about that. Because the Holy Spirit isn't some quantitative uh, substance like fuel that you can just top up. My tank was half empty and now it's full. The Holy Spirit is a person, a person of God, whom we received when we turned our lives over to Jesus Christ. He's the one who lives within us. When we submitted to Jesus... It's the Holy Spirit who came to live within us. Not a third of the Holy Spirit or 65% of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit came to live in us. Paul writes in Ephesians that the Holy Spirit is the, um, is the good deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. In other words, it's God's down payment on, on, on us. So maybe I think that um, we should think of the, the language that the, the New Testament uses of being fill of, filled with the Spirit and full of the Spirit, much in the way that we use the, the term, um, John is full of joy, Helen is full of hope, Ellie is full of courage. And when we speak of people being full of the Holy Spirit, we are saying that they are displaying a God-like passion and desire. That when we're around that person, they, they remind us of what God is like. 
They are people who have this inner power and spirit that uh, they, they just appear to have full, or God appears to have full access to their lives. I remember one Christian leader suggesting that being filled with the Spirit is not about us having more of the Holy Spirit in terms of quantity, but rather it's the Holy Spirit having more of us in terms of quality. As someone once said, um, uh, you might have the Holy Spirit, but is he resident or is he president? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a good quote. And um, I, thought, I thought Nikki's explanation of uh, some Christians having the pilot light it's sort good, of, yeah. You know, it keeps them going, but mm. then there were the other Christians who were like, and it, like, it comes on. That was a good explanation, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought it was a great, great illustration. And um, let me just take that illustration a little bit further. Um, you know, if our central heating at home conks out, then the first thing I will do, I'll go into the utility room and just check the boiler, make sure that the pilot light is on. If the pilot light is blown out, then the first thing I know that I need to do is put the pilot light back on, and that normally sorts out the problem. But sometimes I can go in and the pilot light is on, but there's still no heat getting to the radiators. Now, I'm not a central heating engineer here, but there could be reasons for, for cold radiators. One of them, uh, and the most obvious one, is that someone has turned the thermostat down. And this uh, used to happen a lot when we had all of our kids at home. <laughs> and um, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you which one, but used to keep on fiddling with the, the, the thermostat in the hallway. Uh, and it wasn't our youngest and it wasn't our middle, but I'm not saying which one it was. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, sometimes the place was steaming hot and other times it was cold is because he's been fiddling with the, the thermostat. And uh, another reason maybe that if the pilot light is on and you're not getting heat to the house is maybe there's a blockage in the system. And that blockage needs to be moved um, before you can get heat to the house. Now, that's an illustration. I think that there are spiritual equivalents to that. You know, if we're not experiencing God in our lives uh, fully, then maybe the first question that we ask is, well, is the pilot light on if you get my drift? Uh, have we ever asked God into our lives? Have we asked God into our lives to forgive us, to make us new, to do something in our lives? Have we ever done that? It may be that we have. It may be that uh, the, the pilot light is on, meaning that we are Christians, but our spiritual thermostats are turned very low. Uh, we have no desire, no expectation that God is wanting to do something good in our lives. Maybe that we're apathetic about our faith. Maybe that we have no real desire for God to do anything. Our spiritual thermostats are, are low. On the other hand, it may be that we're not experiencing the Holy Spirit because there's some blockage in our lives. You know, it's something that is preventing us from the Holy Spirit working in our lives. You know, if, um, if I asked for a a cup of uh, water this morning and Anne very kindly often brings water for us and she went into the kitchen and she saw a dirty mug and thought oh that'll do for him that's no problem and then put water in it which I know she would never do then well hopefully what Anne would do is to leave that mug there and get a, another glass or another cup one that was clean and then fill that to bring me the water and it's a little bit like that with God 
we need to remember that the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And, you know, just to ask, are there things in my life which are preventing God from moving, such as unconfessed sin, fear, unbelief? Just a thought. There we go. A three-point sermon on central heating systems. Watch and learn. <coughs> yeah. I've, I've forgotten the question now. <laughs> we said it would be a, a short discussion. Um, oh, sorry. But no, that, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel very rebuked. Uh, I really do. No, but they're important points, and it, it, I think worthwhile mentioning this morning. You know, our experience of the Holy Spirit starts when we ask God into our lives. That's, that's just the beginning. When we, when we turn to him, when we come to faith, that's when the Holy Spirit enters. And then the more we desire of God, the more we experience of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't um, it's not forceful. He doesn't force his way into our lives, but he is faithful. And there's a verse in James that says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. And as much as we desire to be close to him, we desire to be nearer to him, he is faithful to give us his Holy Spirit and to achieve that. And I think we absolutely need to ask ourselves, you know, is there something in our lives that's getting in the way? Is there a blockage? Is there something that's stopping us um, from, from coming to God? And I was, I was challenged recently again by, about that word repent that we so often mm -hmm. use, you know, in church. We think of repent as <clears throat> saying sorry of something or, or stopping doing something or, or maybe even turning away from something. But actually, the word repent is all about turning to God. It's about coming back to him. And I think when we do that, that's when we can receive more of the Holy Spirit. Um, or the Holy Spirit receive more or of the us. Holy Spirit, exactly. Yeah, yeah get your theology now. <laughs> Pay attention, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I was glad to see old uh, uh, Raniero Cantalamessa back. One brick. <laughs> Just so I get to say his name again. He's got to have a round of applause for that, by the way. He's been practicing it all week. Right. And he said, um, whatever the Holy Spirit touches, he changes. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Br briefly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got feelings, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I, I am very aware of the, the, the Spirit's work in my own life as I look back. I can't say that um, uh, I'm someone that's had uh, amazing uh, experiences, emotional experiences, but I have been very aware of the the quieter work of the Spirit in my life. You know, I think probably most people who know me, I'm not a very demonstrative person anyway, and maybe God deals with me for the person that I am, naturally. But uh, as I look back, I think most of the, the times I can look back and say, well, yes, I can see the way in my life that God has uh, become close to me, the way that he's used me, the way that he's changing me bit by bit, certainly not the finished uh, article yet, and um, that he continu continues to use someone like me, someone who's not particularly talented or someone's quite weak in many, many ways, and I'm forever amazed at, uh, at God doing that. Nikki spoke of five, five reactions, five reactions to um, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What's yours? Um, I think of the five that Nikki mentioned, my experience has been was probably the first one, which was the the, the longing mm -hmm. to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I was I was really fortunate in that 
um, I, I kind of grew up in a church and a, and a, a youth group that were um, I was surrounded by people that really loved God and loved each other. Um, and they seemed to they seemed to have something special, something that I that I wanted. Yeah, the, absolutely. And um, you know, I can almost understand it when it talks in Acts about how when the Holy Spirit first came, the people thought that the the, the apostles, the disciples, were drunk because you know they were, they were behaving in such a way that they were filled with with, with joy and, and and all the rest of it. And I I can relate to that because there was a real sense that I thought, yeah, I want I want what they've got. That's what I want in my life. So, so the longing was definitely it. And it wasn't that I, you know, about coming to faith, because I became, I became a Christian when I was quite young, when I was a child, really. Um, but it was this desire of, of wanting a deeper relationship with God, mm. wanting to know him more. Um, and, and that's what I got. You know, God was, was faithful to that. But I think the amazing thing about God is that there's always more. You can always go deeper into God. You know, I love that song. We, we sing, Good, Good Father. It says, when you call us deeper still. And I think we can always go deeper and deeper into, into God's love for us. Um, the video, I spoke a bit about the gift of tongues as one of the signs of the Holy Spirit. Um, personally, I remember receiving the gift of tongues when I was a teenager, when someone prayed for me. Um, I, I don't know if it's an angelic tongue or a real one, because I only did high school French, and I can't remember much of that. Um, and it's definitely not French. Um, but it, it, it's something that I use as a personal prayer language with God. Mainly, that's, that's the main focus mm -hmm. for me. What's your experience of that? Uh, i tell you the truth, when I first heard of it, it, it just fascinated me, it intrigued me. I thought, never seen or heard anything like this before. I'd never seen or heard anything like that in uh, my grandparents' Welsh Calvinistic Methodist chapel <laughs> in South Wales, and uh, lots of things I had not seen <coughs> in that church as well, but there we go, that's another, that's another story. Um, personally, I, <laughs> I speak in tongues, and uh, I, I think it's a good gift from God and I, I think it's a wonderful gift. All God's gifts are wonderful. Um, you know, for example, I will use that if I'm walking to work. Uh, I've got a four-minute walk from my house to my office and uh, I very often walk up the road speaking in tongues, uh, under my breath of course, <laughs> because I think there's a few people in the uh, community think I'm balmy enough anyway. And the church. <laughs> um, moving on. Um, also on a Sunday morning, um, you know, perhaps we are worshipping using the songs before us and I will on occasions uh, just go and sing quietly again as I'm not, not a demonstrative person and I will just sing quietly in, 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 in tongues. There's an interesting uh, situation in Cardiff when I was in uh, the Cardiff church. Someone actually heard me. And um, she said, that was truly miraculous. I said, what do you mean? Well, she said you sang in tune. <laughs> Isn't God amazing? Isn't God amazing? <laughs> and the person should know because she was actually a music teacher. But, uh, you know, I found that the gift enables us to, to pray and to praise God without engaging our minds. You know, it's, it's my spirit conversing with God who is spirit. And very often I run out of words, I don't have the vocabulary to do that. And sometimes I have, uh, we pray in tongues when I have uh, no idea what to pray for. Also, on occasions when I am confronted with demonic forces, and, and that uh, happens probably more than many of you would imagine. And, you know, it's, it's part and parcel of, of Christian ministry that we, we, we come across this. And I, I, I find that uh, significant help. 
But as, as Nikki was saying, I, I believe that tongues is essentially a personal gift for private use for prayer. And the gift, really, that Paul focuses on in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, when it comes to the church body, is that of, of prophecy, so that we are edified, we are built up, because nobody knows what you're saying if you're speaking in tongues. You may be praising God, God well enough, but no one knows, and therefore... So it's a good gift, but it's not the only gift. No, most definitely. Um, and it's not the most important gift. No. But it is a good gift, and it's a, a, a gift that God has given many people. Absolutely. And I, I think you're right. I think for the church there are other gifts that are of greater benefit, things like prophecy and, and serving and encouragement and teaching. <clears throat> if only we had someone with teaching gift in this church. Um, LAUGHTER so we don't, want to, we don't want to keep talking this morning, we want to keep going on, you know, it, this, the, the video today was about being filled with the Holy Spirit and that's what we, we want to do, but just as we, um, before we get to that, I just want to remind us of the three things that, that Nikki said were barriers to receiving the Holy Spirit. So there was doubt, you know, those of us that don't believe that we will receive the Holy Spirit if we pray for it. And Nikki quoted Matthew 7 which says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock the door and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door will be opened. And the second was fear. You know, what might God do? Is he going to do something weird to me? Something that I don't want? Is it going to be uncomfortable? And I think we just need to remember this morning that he's a good, good father. Who gives us good gifts. And Nicky quoted Luke 11 that says, Which of your fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake? Or ask for an egg, would give him a scorpion. If then, though your evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? And then thirdly, it was that feeling of inadequacy. He wouldn't give it to me. I'm, I'm not good enough. God's not interested in me. Or maybe even it's that you've been a Christian a long time and, and this morning as we were talking about you know, that blockage or that thing that's stopping you from um, coming back to God, you just think, well, that's too big. That's too important in my life. There's no way I could receive the Holy Spirit. Well, that's there, causing a blockage. Well, we just need to remember today that God loves us. We need to come back to that picture that we're given by Jesus in the Bible of, of the, the, the loving Father with his arms open waiting for his child to run back to him so that he can embrace him again and God is here for all of us this morning now I want to we're going to pray that prayer that Nikki prayed and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and be with us this morning I wonder if the band would just come and join me um, but we're not going to we're not going to sing a song straight away we're not going to rush into this time we're not going to be eager what we want to do is just wait on God and we want to receive the Holy Spirit this morning for those of us perhaps that have never received the Holy Spirit, or those of us perhaps that are just feeling a bit far away and a bit distant. I wonder if you just stand with us. Let's just stand together this morning. And those of you that are just wanting a touch from God, just as a, as a symbolic thing, not because it does anything special, but perhaps if you just put your hands out in front of you. And that just says to God, I'm ready to receive you this morning. That's all that's for. And then let's just pray and then let's just be quiet and wait on God this morning. Father, would you send your Holy Spirit to be with each of us here today?